It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and anywhere across the country if you download the Radio Player Canada app and type in 106.5 ELMNT-FM or 95.7 ELMNT-FM. And it is a pleasure to welcome our uh, first guest to the show, and it is Sam Vint. He is a, um, a film director, and we're here to speak to specifically about uh, his new short documentary, The Tournament. A very interesting short film, but before I tell you a little bit about that, uh, Sam Vint is a lifelong Winnipegger, and he's a proud Métis person, uh, performed various roles in the film and television industry, including research and sound and camera. Sam's work is deeply immersed in the issues facing Indigenous Canadians. He's re- researched the NFB doc, uh, docudrama We Were Children, the APTN show The Medicine Line, and Going Native, a new production airing soon on APTN. He currently focused his attention on writing and directing documentaries, including Alice and Kevin, the uh, story of a mother uh, fighting for services for her disabled son on a remote reserve. The Ken Plome way, is that the correct way to say that? It's a tough one. It's Ken Plain. Ken Plain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, And it's about the life and career of one of the greatest players in the CFL history. So, Sam, uh, Congratulations on all of that, and um, I have to tell you, uh, the research you did for uh, We Were Children, uh, I saw that documentary. I, I wasn't able to get through the whole thing, I have to tell you. It was just, uh, it was just, it just, you know. Uh, first of all, I haven't I'm, watched the second of it, David. <laughs> yeah, well, um, part of that is because um, I had a business, uh, I still have a business on Six Nations. Um, but when I was setting that up and looking for a place, someone said to me, um, why don't you try the Woodland Cultural Center? And now the Woodland Cultural Center, as you may know, is the old Mohawk Institute um, where it used to be the residential school. And um, ironically, my father was taken off of Six Nations, so he would not have to go there. It's it's commonly called the mush hole. And uh, he was sent to live in the States. And um, I just thought it was ironic. You know, I ended up setting up a a business inside this place, you know, that had been given back to the community. And it had been turned into the Woodland Cultural Center and uh, used for purposes of promoting the community, you know, all good things. But it does have Mm -hmm. that history. And it's currently being rebuilt uh, as a museum, as, uh, you know, as it stood as the school. Um, But uh, lots of stories. And when I saw the film, uh, you know, it just I saw I saw the building I was in. It's basically, you know, they were all kind of the same. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I just found it, you know, really tough to watch. Now, great film, uh, well worth uh, doing for sure. Um, just hits closer to home for some people, I think, than others. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I know. Um, when they talk about doing reenactments, it's like that's incredibly triggering. I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, it's mm. like it's um, uh, it was really hard to research, and that's mm. that has uh, stayed with me yeah. to this day for yeah. sure. Yeah, know? yeah. Well. Uh, anyway, congratulations on your latest film, The Tournament. Uh, 
Uh, you know, my kids uh, skate a lot. My son is a skater. I was a skater. He's a coach now, but uh, not in hockey, but in figure skating. And so I spent a lot of time uh, at uh, the Oakville arenas, uh, skating arenas. And uh, so, so, so I saw a sledge hockey being played and uh, quite a bit along as the, as, as, along with the other the other games. And so for me, uh, the, when I saw this film, and it was great. I loved the way you did it. It was, it was a, a wonderful film um, and loved the characters. Uh, the first thing I thought of, because, I, because of my kids um, and, and, be, and also doing some film work myself, I went, I wonder how he filmed this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going, is he on a sledge himself or is he just on skates holding the camera low or what's, what's going on? Well, that's a, actually, that's a really vital part of the documentary and something that we mm. talked about going in is um, we were, I'd watched, I think I've watched every single sledge hockey video documentary that's out there. Right. And they're all shot from the stands. Some mm. of the, um, the cameras on, on a tripod right. and I kind of uh, almost like a, you'd see an NHL game, but yep. not, a, but uh, it's really far away. And then yeah. for smaller kids, it, it, it's really unimpressive from that far. Um, yep. if they can't move as fast right. and things like that. And, and some of the really young teams, um, it ends up looking like, like a, like a kid's soccer game, right? There's mm-hmm. a ball that just moves around yep. the, the puck the whole time. Yeah. So, um, we, so we'd been talking about shooting the kids and, and I think it's also important. My son's in a wheelchair. Yep. So I think it's great to bring things down to their eye level. You know, almost nothing is at their eye level. They're yep. always craning their necks, looking up at everything. And yep. it's like, I want to, you know, we wanted to get down into their world. So we got eye level with them. And um, our fantastic cameraman, Tyler Funk, who, I mean, I don't think his back will ever be the same. So he did it on skates. <laughs> oh, he did. did it on skates with oh. a gimbal, which oh. is like a steady cam. Yep. And then he did, yep. uh, and he did, he really, sh- he's very creative. So he got a variety of things. He had a camera on a big pole. So it kind of looks like a drone over top of the kids. Yep. We put him in a sled and pushed him around a bit. Mm-hmm. And then he got the tripod. And you can see there's a goal in the game uh, where my son actually scores. Yeah. And he's on a tripod and right before, like he just has great cameraman instincts. So right before that, he was on a tripod on our side. And she's like, you know, I think I'm going to switch to the other side. And I was like, okay, sure. That he set up and within uh, like 10 seconds, that goal was scored. And then the celebration comes right towards mm-hmm. the camera. Like, it was mm-hmm. just fantastic. Yeah. Camera. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a great moment, and yeah. uh, and I was going to ask you about uh, because I noticed at the end of the film uh, that uh, Vint um, is it is it is it no I can't remember Isaac 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 uh, yeah. and I went oh it's the same name I wonder if it's you know a sibling or or I found out he's your son and you have a couple of kids that are in the in the the film. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you know, I think that that, that of course, helped with the warmness and that openness that you got from, from uh, your kids and the other kids in the film, because they knew you. Yeah. Oh, it definitely helps, for sure. And, and then our crew, like Tyler, the cameraman, yep. and, uh, and our sound man, Kevin Bacon, not this real Kevin Bacon. <laughs> um, we're just really good at uh, wow, that's, getting in there that, that's six and degrees being friends with the kids and then kind of disappearing into the background. And they, like, I think very quickly people forget cameras are around. And you can see the kids, well, they were kind of, they were aware of the camera, but it didn't impinge on what they yep. did. Like that's, yep. that's how they, they roll, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
So um, I, I think that was it was a great idea that you had, and and uh, you know, I'm sorry for your your cameraman and his back. Uh, <laughs> tell him from from somebody that they did the same thing. Uh, it'll take a while, but it'll come back. Uh, um, but it, it is great because it puts you right in there with them, and you get to see the action so close up. And and uh, it was fabulous to be right there with those kids. Yeah, I, I don't think you'll see sledge hockey look like that in any other. Uh, film like it's yeah. it's uh, yeah there's when it's in slow motion it's so poetic and beautiful and it just flows mm. and yeah this is really nice and, and and of course the the other thing is there is an element of danger uh, for the person doing that uh, you know, oh, yeah. flying pucks uh, <laughs> kids coming by skating then wiping out and all kinds of things um, so uh, so kudos uh, of course to to you guys for, for doing that and getting those great yeah. shots and bringing this great story so the uh, first question um, though I guess is why why did you think it was important to, to show this um, well my son in the movie my son is eight years old mm-hmm. so that is his um, his fourth tournament, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we went to our first tournament in, uh, in Fargo, North Dakota. And it was just a wonderful little ex- experience in this teeny little barn of an arena. And it really, it's not a big community. You know, there's, I think four or five teams involved and, and, um, it was a, a transcendent experience. Like it just, I couldn't believe what a great time it was and how every mm-hmm. kid got way better. Uh, at, at the game and the and the and the families all grew tighter and you know I think it's a common experience for most people right you mm. go away with your kids to a tournament you make friends with their other kids parents and but in our community then it's it's a bit different right because then we're talking about services in the stand mm-hmm. how to, how to get different uh, uh, how to you know advocate for your child and sure. and, and and as I wrote in um, in the, the treatment for the the film I think there's there's no small victories in this world. Right? Like every victory is huge mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. well, for certain families. And uh, and to just see that unfold for so many different people in the same place, and it was magical. Hmm. So that gave you the idea of, of wanting to capture this so other people could see that. Oh, I wish I could take credit. It was my wife. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, oh, my God, you have to make a documentary about this. And huh. I was like, wow, that was a really good idea i wish it was mine <laughs> <laughs> well that's great and uh well congratulations to both of you and to you for for acting on that and and going ahead and doing it thank you and uh so it, it's going to start streaming for people uh june 17th people are going to be able to watch this at the on nfb.ca yeah um so tell me about the process of, of just going through this. You got the idea. You wanted to, uh, obviously, you had to find some money to do this and, and, and get things in order. Uh, take me through the story as it unfolded of it. Well, um, like any Canadian, I think I've uh, watched uh, about a billion NFB movies and, mm-hmm. and, and was familiar with the institution. And I think I came to documentary as a, as a fan first, and then, uh, and then I found a way to get into it. And I've, and I think you mentioned a film I had, Alice and Kevin, and that went to the Imaginative Festival in Toronto, hmm. and uh, and I went and watched all these movies, and a bunch of them had the NFB logo at the start, you know, and I was right. like, oh, I want that one day, I want to make an <laughs> NFB movie, and um, and uh, I had some contact with them, you know, there, you know, there's an office in Winnipeg, and and I went in there and 
<clears throat> I just happened to know one of the producers and we started the conversation and uh, it took a couple of years for us to get it happening, but uh, we got it going. Mm. Um, was there concern uh, because it was, it was kind of somewhat of a family movie uh, because your kids were involved? What were some of the concerns around that or were there any? Um, well, actually, my concern was uh, I didn't want to seem like I was just trying to make a family movie. Right. So, <laughs> and my son, I don't know if you watch the movie, he's a character, you know, he's he very, is. he's great for TV. He's he got is. a big mouth and yep. he ain't afraid to use it. You know? <laughs> That's right. And, but uh, he is like over the years, I think he's the third main character because mm. early on there was a different fellow, different guy and he got a bit older as the process went on. And then we had um, a second kid, but he just wasn't going to make the tournament that year. Mm. And then I was like, okay, I think, and I was kind of fighting it actually, but then I was like, yeah, okay, it's, it should be Isaac. He's pretty, right. he's great for camera. Right. And uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about that decision after. Yeah. After and we, yeah. Uh, and you should. And edited. yeah, you should. And he does do, he really does do a great job. Um, yeah, yeah, he really does. So uh, congratulations to, to him for that. And I don't know any eight-year-olds with good comedic time. Really <laughs> no nice. kidding. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, no kidding. And um, I, I guess the, the other thing is that uh, he, he gets to meet, I guess, an idol of his in the, in the process. Yeah. No, that's a really, it's a great part of the film. And, um, and that came out of uh, the schedule was kind of messed up and we were late for a game and, and I was a little frustrated because I couldn't get the crew started on time and, and uh, you know, we were kind of behind the eight ball. And I know um, from that initial tournament I talked about, we the first year we went, we saw this boy who was clearly better than everybody else. And I was mm. like, who is that guy? And like, that's Danny Lilia. He plays on the junior U.S. national team. And, um, and because it's, you know, they're that team was from Minnesota and they, they, uh, Danny was in the tournament, but he was just a far better player than everybody. So he just stayed back and played defense, just kept the puck in that, in his end and mm. didn't really participate. <laughs> he was, he was quite nice about it because mm. he would have just killed everybody. Right. And then the last game I was, uh, um, in, in sledge hockey, the players stay on the ice cause it's tough to get out in and out of the bench. Right. I was on the bench and kind of hanging over over top of my son and the puck went back to Danny and you could tell he'd been, you know, showing great restraint all weekend. And it was, this is the third period of the last game. And he let a shot go that just quieted the arena. You know, like, <laughs> he hit the top corner from the blue line, which is really difficult. Wow. In hockey. And I remember my son looked at me and we we're both miles were just wide open. Yeah. And from that moment on, he loved Danny Lilly. Mm. And uh, and then eventually my son started talking to me about playing football and you know he's in a wheelchair and mm. it's pretty difficult conversation we had to have about it and then one day he walked in with his iPod and he's and he's like Dad I think I could play pinner in football and I'd never thought about that I was like wow that's interesting I wonder if anybody's ever done that and then he uh, dialed up a YouTube video and there's Danny Lilia <laughs> pinning for his high school football. <laughs> Yeah, so Danny Lilly is well enshrined as my son's right. forever and ever. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And yeah. it's great that, that they got to meet uh, uh, in the film uh, there as well. Uh, you're going to jump in and let everyone know you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app and type in those coordinates plus E-L-M-N-T-F-M, and then listen on your device of choice uh, anywhere across the country, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
And my guest here on Moment of Truth is Sam Vint. He is the director of The Tournament, which is a short documentary, about 22 minutes, I think it is, uh, going to be airing on uh, the NFB uh, site um, online uh, at uh, nfb.ca slash film slash tournament uh, hyphen the... And uh, you can go there. starts on June 17th. You can go to see that film. I recommend it highly, uh, even, um, you know, just to, to see some, uh, some great camera angles and things, but also see some great characters. Uh, a wonderful story about this, uh, this, this small group uh, of, of kids playing sledge hockey and, uh, and really some wonderful characters that you get to see. You know, uh, uh, Sam, as it gets near the end of the film and they're going into the final game, I think it is, I have to yeah. say, and, and it's pointed out at some point um, in, in this, uh, I think it's after the game, uh, about the size difference. I mean, I was quite surprised at the size difference in the, yeah. player, in the players. I went, could, should these guys even be playing against each other? No, and I think that's, um, yeah, I'm glad it came across that way. We were hoping that that would be a bit of an eye-opener because... Yeah, and I think there's a really good shot of Isaac, who was eight at the time, facing off against a 17-year-old boy who is, you know, he's about six feet, 200 mm. pounds or so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, and it's kind of, it's an it's an interesting facet of uh, of para sports. It's uh, we we don't have as many players to pick from, mm. you know. So you'll come to we're like we're the Manitoba Sledgehammers. You come to a Sledgehammers practice. There's a wide variety of ages and sizes, and, and both genders always play together. And uh, there's no, there's far less division. There's you, you, you have to take what you can get and mm. uh, to field the team. So that was a team from rural Wisconsin, and they had uh, and the tournament allowed up to 17 year old players, mm. and but there's no minimum. So you know, there's uh, like very young players playing with some really big kids. And, and that was pointed out in there. It wasn't uh, specific, but you got the sense about hey there's a kid that's like you know 18 or 17 and and uh, yeah. you know i think your son points something about that <laughs> and, and then someone points out i think it was the uh, the coach that said isaac good job you know taking on that uh, that guy you know used like mm -hmm. twice your size and uh, and it's great that that uh, that all that all played out and and they did get to see that and of course it was you know probably not going to win against a team that has twice their size and speed etc um, but a great experience and, and all in all, a great, a great bunch of kids. Uh, and the coach did a really good job, I think, in, in, uh, encouraging them and, and, uh, keep, keeping them, them, their heads in the game too. Oh, and Bill's, uh, as Bill Maloyne's our coach and he's, he's really the, the father of sledge hockey in Manitoba and, uh, just a fantastic guy. And, and, uh, yeah, he does such a good job of coaching. You know, I, like I was talking about eye level for the kids mm -hmm. uh, earlier you'll see in the documentary when there's uh, between periods when he talks to the players he opens up the door and he sits down on basically ice level to get eye to eye you know yep. eye to eye level with them and it yep. just i don't know the kids love him parents love him he's a fantastic coach i i did notice that right away and i thought good for him uh, because yeah. he's 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 coming down to their level and speaking to them there and and just being a player in there with them so yeah i did notice that and i thought that was that was great that he did that mm -hmm. um so in re in retrospect uh what are you hearing about the the film um and and uh that's part one we'll i'll go on to part two after we deal with that what uh what's up 
I yeah. Well, actually, it's, we're still pretty early on. I know people have watched it. Um, uh, you know, I gotten a lot of notes from the NFB and mm. uh, across the country. People watch it, and it's it's. Uh, I get a lot of. Uh, they like the kids, and they like the the you know as it's essentially what we're talking about: the camera angles, the way mm-hmm. it's shot on the ice. Uh, and the way it's shot in general is just, it's fantastic. And, um, and the kids are funny. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're great. They're great. Yeah. It, it's like what you, what you, you couldn't have asked for that, you know, better. You couldn't have, have I guess. No, so. the one surprise I have had actually is kids really like it. Like ah. they, yeah, kids are kind of, and, and I don't know, like a lot of people, you know, throughout this, we've been working from home and from different people's homes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, my kid came in and they were just like sat down and just started watching, you know, mm. and they're. And I guess they're interested in stories about other kids. Yeah, and, and I was going to ask you the reaction you were getting for kids. What about the kids themselves that, that were in the film? What, what did they think? What, what did you hear back from them? Um, well, everybody's super excited about it. And mm-hmm. we're going to have a screening for them this week, actually, nice. a private screening for them. And, uh, and everybody's very excited. We're, well, we're all excited just to have an event, <laughs> yeah, of course, sure. <laughs> to see each other and, and that. And we're going to do it in like a, like a drive-in movie, a, temp- mm. a little temporary spot we got. Cool. So I'm I'm really thrilled about that and just to have a big moment for the for the kids, you know. It's, yeah. uh, I've been talking about this documentary with uh, around our community for quite a while, so <laughs> I'm sure we're all excited to finally see it. Well, well, congratulations on all those fronts, and uh, and I hope they have a great time at their their screening as well. And wish you all the best with this, and of course all your your projects that you'll be working on in the future. Oh, thanks a lot, David. Is, um, uh, I appreciate you having me on the show. Is, is there anything we haven't touched on on this so far that you think is important to mention? Though? Uh, well, I think it's, you know, we get kids with disabilities, but we don't, it's not a doc about disability. I yep. think that's kind of an interesting point about it. Yep. Yeah, it is. And, and, uh, you know, uh, so much so that you'll notice I didn't even touch on it. I didn't even think it was, it was need, needed. To, uh, you know, it was it's part of it, but it's not what it's about. And it's about these kids playing hockey and just like any other kids in a tournament, uh, facing their challenges, uh, going on the road and, and doing all the same things that everybody else does. Except, uh, you know, the camera does capture them uh, in, in, in challenges that, that I think points out very nicely uh, and subtly about you know, these are these are challenges that these kids and families face that you don't you you may not realize, but it takes longer for a child just to get in and out of a vehicle, you know, in, inside and outside a door, and even right. you know wheeling them their way around through a, a crowded uh, uh, space with other people and things around, and you know, knocking things off the the table, and you know, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's those kind of things that that uh, really uh, you know they're subtle, but they they get the point across. No, oh, that was a really great analysis. Like, you know what? And there's things like when Isaac knocks the cups off the table, right. like going through. You know, it's like we were taking a show, don't tell attitude towards it. So we wanted to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all clean and nice and mm. everything. You know, it's like yeah, it's clunky. He runs yeah. into stuff. Yeah. And, and it's not easy to get around. And but it's also he's undeterred in right. every possible. You know, it's like all those drinks fall on him, and he's yeah. like, okay, and he keeps yeah. on going. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's uh, what makes this such, I think, a, a beautiful film to watch as well. There is one thing, though, uh, Sam, I have to tell you that that really, really bothered me about the film. Yeah, and and it, it's it's this: the team is called the Sledgehammers, right? Yeah, I never got to hear Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer in the film. <laughs> 
And we should just suddenly have that flute in the background somewhere. Right. Every time you hear a sledgehammer. That's, that's a great right. You're absolutely right. I can, you know what? It's funny. We um, For the end sequence, we have an original song there. By yeah, that's John right. Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. It's John K. Sampson, Christine Fellows, and Jason Tate. Um, uh, John and, and Jason are formerly of the Weaker Lands. Christine is a local uh, well she's a national artist and um and like a couple of a couple of musicians that i've always enjoyed and my family enjoys and luckily our producer alicia smith was had the great idea of bringing them on board because hmm. we originally were trying to get a justin timberlake song for the last oh, for yeah. the end sequence right and uh and so they wouldn't come down to a price that we could deal with right. and um and we had our, our uh, John and Jason and Christine make up that song. And I've just never been happier to have lost out on, a, on something before to, to get that song. Because yeah. it's just great. You know? it like is, it's just it's so perfect for the film. And uh, yeah, it, it's it, a happy, a happy accident. Yeah. And I think it's uh, the line is show America what you got or something like that. Right. Yeah. Is, yeah. Something like that. Still, yeah. Isaac <laughs> says that early in the film because. It's all American teams that we right. play. On that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He does say that early on in the. And film. now Isaac, who thought that was really funny before, finds that uh, as he says, cringy. <laughs> <laughs> and we see it so much; it's part of the trailer, and it's mm. uh, it's it's starting to wear on him a bit. Right. And I think he's going to see it a lot more. Right. <laughs> well, um, okay. Well, listen. Uh, thanks again for for uh, joining us on a moment of truth, and and also. Uh, Please uh, pass along congratulations to uh, your family, your, your wife, for the great idea and, and the great job that your kids did in the film. And, and congratulations to the whole team of the Sledgehammers. You, should, you see, you should have approached Peter Gabriel and gotten Sledgehammer for that. Yeah. <laughs> for the sequel. Yeah. We'll okay. for the sequel. <laughs> All right. Uh, and again, Sam uh, Vint, much appreciated. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, David. I appreciate you having me on. All right. You take care. Okay. That's uh, Sam Vint, and he is the director of the tournament. It's a short uh, documentary, about 22 minutes long, and it's going to be streaming on the NFB uh, website and starting on June 17th, so you can catch that on there. I recommend it highly. Uh, I do not think you will be disappointed, except maybe, you know, not hearing Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer. But anyway, that's another <laughs> matter. <laughs> and uh, don't go away, because we're going to be right back here with more on Moment of Truth right after this. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, and anywhere across the country if you download the Radio Player Canada app and then just type in those coordinates, either one of those two, as well as ELMNT. FM, and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'd like to welcome our next guest to the show. It is a pleasure to have Paul Casp Sawan with us now. Paul is here. He's the founder of uh, a new awards show, a very cool awards show, International Indigenous Hip Hop Awards and uh, it's, uh, it, it's the first of its kind, but it's going to definitely not be its last. And uh, along with the awards, there is music available. So, Paul, welcome to the show, first of all. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. appreciate it. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Tell us about how and, and why you came up with the idea for this, first of all. 
Uh, well, <clears throat> me being a, a, an artist myself, I mm-hmm. call myself like an experimental hip hop artist, uh, being indigenous and, you know, having uh, experience uh, winning a few awards. Mm-hmm. I've won like five BC Music Awards, uh, Aboriginal People's Choice Music Awards, and just to list a few. And uh, I was talking with uh, my, my colleague, uh, one of the partners of the, the, the now Indigenous, uh, International Indigenous Hip Hop Awards, and I was like, I was saying, I was, you know, it'd be cool if we had an award show that, you know, gives out awards for like, you know, best graffiti, you know, best hip hop group, best single, but indigenous, right? Because mm, mm. we don't have a, an, an indigenous hip hop show. I mean, we have those other amazing shows. You yep. know, we have the, the the Aboriginal People's Choice, which is now the Indigenous uh, Music Awards, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had those other award shows and the Junos and stuff, but no award show solely focuses on international indigenous hip-hop mm, music like mm. the culture itself so right. he was like yeah okay that'd be cool and then all of a sudden like a week later he called me up he's like hey man the website's done and i'm like what I'm like, what are you talking about he's like yeah it's done he's like what else do you need on it i'm like whoa okay so we elaborated on it a little bit more and then after that it just grew from there because of uh chris's uh work uh ethic in regards mm. to media and just really getting stuff done so mm. Then from there, you know, we, we, you know, said, okay, well, let's have a, we should, there should be four of us, right? And, you know, because of the medicine wheel and, mm. you know, the four directions and mm. such. And yeah, and, and then uh, John C. jumped on board. He's from a group called, uh, I think they were called Winnipeg, Winnipeg's Most. And then uh, now they call themselves Winnipeg Boys. And uh, Christy Lee from uh, the coast, from Vancouver, uh, mm. from the Haida Nation. And so it's cool. We got so many, di- such a diverse uh, uh I wouldn't say board, but partnership. So mm. that's how mm. pretty much it came to be. That's very cool. <laughs> I guess somewhat uh, thrown into it after you suggested the idea, but <laughs> yeah. but but a good one. So then, great. You got your team. You got the website, and uh, and now you got to find people that you want to look to have get involved. You know, in terms of the artists. So so how did you go about doing that? Um, and then in turn, uh, we just like thought about, you know, the old school, like the Source Awards and, uh, you know, the BET Music Awards and stuff. And we're like, mm. okay, well, let's reach out to artists, put a call out to see who would be interested. And, you know, to, so we created categories, you know, we had like, we have two youth categories, which is, uh, to me is very important mm. because uh, all my work is based out of, uh, my, my whole life's been, been based on working with youth, right? Mm. My whole career. So we just, yeah, we put a call out there and people started submitting and people were at first skeptical because they're like, Oh, what's this? You know, then mm. thought it would be just your stereotypical, you know, uh, hip hop show. Mm. But we were, we, when we wanted to elaborate that, you know, it's healing and, you know, music brings healing, but also hip hop music relates so well with the indigenous, um, you know, our indigenous culture, mm-hmm, right. And mm-hmm. in regards to art, uh, to MCing, to DJing, I mean, you got the hand drummer and then you got the DJ, mm. right. So the DJ, you know, it spins music and, you know, scratches and mixes and really creates its own sound of the DJ. If mm. you remember back in the day with the turntables and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you go to the to our indigenous side, then you got the big drum, you mm-hmm. got the hand drum, you got the flute, mm-hmm. and that's the DJ of our people. So that's one of the examples of why, you know, this is going to be, I think, be successful because people, you know, will uh, be respectful, but also bring their own flair in regards to indigenous, international indigenous hip hop. Mm. Okay, so uh, you reached out, you got interest, and yep. um, and then you, you got to plan dates, you got to plan uh, how to how to how to do this. So so then then what did you do? 
<laughs> so we were talking about like all the the big amazing shows that happened just before uh aboriginal day or mm. indigenous people's day mm-hmm. and so chris was like well yeah let's get it going and again you know doing what he does he he found a venue and then you know we started looking for sponsors and sponsors started reaching out i mean we have some amazing sponsors right mm. and from td to to, to reebok to mm. you know and so we were just like we were shocked you know right. at first but chris was like no i'm not shocked you know we gotta stay confident you know and then all of a sudden <laughs> next thing you know we have a date we have a venue we have the you know the the outline you know we even have like uh sponsorship packages we you know so he put all this stuff together and he just kept on saying yeah no we need to do this what else do you need and so from there he just he just yeah we both just started uh plotting and then we came up with a date june 20 2020 you know had a good ring to it mm. and uh, yeah so that that's how that's how the dates came right and so cool um and so uh the other side of this is, is of course that you've been you've been pulling some music together and, and artists uh yes. re- right so you got volume yes, one um mixtape so uh how how does this all coordinate then uh so we wanted to to put our stamp on it you know and make sure that we have up-and-coming artists but also artists who have you know been in it for for a little bit right so we wanted to solely base volume one off of uh up-and-coming hip-hop artists with a with a couple guys who have who have been in it who are indigenous and also some non-indigenous on it mm-hmm. so we really wanted to to focus on that and then all of a sudden it was cool the same thing we just got artists submitting and submitting and submitting so you know it gives a, the artist who is just starting out or even who has a following but you know really wants to get heard even more the hungry ones and that's how that's who we put on there so mm. you know i had the opportunity to to jump on there myself and then to have uh you know which is a jane uh t major jump on there and mm-hmm. yeah it's to, to host mixtape and so now volume two we're hoping to get even well we know it'll get better especially with uh the way we all work together right right um now you've mentioned uh, june 2020 uh, everything I see is May 2020. Is there is there two different dates for things? No, uh, the original was supposed to be June 2020. Okay, and then COVID hit. Yeah, <laughs> right. So that that put a huge huge wrench into what we were doing, and you know we we almost got a little down, you know, because mm-hmm. of all everything that happened, you mm-hmm. know, just all of a sudden. Yeah. So we said, okay, well, we all came together and we said, okay, so May 20th, 2021 will be the new date because uh you know that'll give a year hopefully vaccines happen and whatnot and you know we, we we're staying positive and you know we're thinking of always thinking of creative ways especially with you know with chris and he's right you know he's a good he's a good dude <laughs> okay so so then that's what's going on this is postponed yes sir yeah so may 20 2021 may 20 okay yeah so he's got a poster in front of me says may 23rd so just wanted to oh correct. may 20 20- yeah, May twenty third, twenty twenty one. Yes, sorry about that. I'm no just, worries. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's great. It says in, so. Indigenous Hip Hop Awards, May twenty second and twenty third, twenty twenty one. It says. Yes, sir. So uh, it sounds like you know, a two day event. That's pretty cool. Um, I imagine there's going to be a lot of excitement around this. Uh, you know, I, I can just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, 
we're hoping so. I mean, you know, this uh, the first the two days. Uh, one of the days is going to be like a trade show mm-hmm. where artists could come and set up booths and come perform and come share, you know, share their merch and their ideas and just network, network, networking mm-hmm. to build, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, we we're hoping that's going to be uh, it's going to be a good event as well. You know what I mean? Because that's why we made it a two day. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, and and uh, it's going to be hosted by Lil Mike and Funny Bone. Yes, sir. Yeah. Little Mike and Funny Bone. I don't know if anybody, well, I'm sure some people's heard of them. Have you heard of them? I did go to see their the video that they were promoting this on online with. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, they did a song called Rain Dance, and it was the, they were on America's Got Talent in cool. 2013. Mm-hmm. And so that being said, you know, we collaborated on a couple of songs. Actually, nice. it's pretty cool. There's a song that we have on the Indigenous Music Countdown that's number 26 this week. So cool. it's called... Uh, Fist in the air. Okay. And that song is dedicated to the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Cool. Uh, and now we know that it's, uh, it's going to be postponed for a year, but uh, coming back big time on uh, on May 23rd, uh, 2021, uh, and 22nd and 23rd, actually. And this is going to be, uh, I think you said in Vancouver, is it? Is it? Oh. No, Winnipeg, oh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Okay, so it's at the Mo- Metropolitan Entertainment Center. Yes, sir. All right, in Manitoba. Cool. Yes, sir. Can you explain to us, uh, for those people that aren't familiar with indigenous hip hop, why? Yeah. What makes it different? What What are What are the roots of indigenous hip hop? Where Where's that Where's that come from? <clears throat> so, it, it, indigenous hip hop. You know, was, it was originally there was like native hip hop, right? Yeah. And then before native hip hop, like the, the coin, uh, it was hip hop culture. Mm. And uh, with hip hop culture and, you know, combining it with indigenous culture, I mean, uh, the, the stories are there, the, 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 mm. it's the storytelling, the art, the, the, the music, the preserving of language, um, you know, sharing our story. Like right. The reason why I became a, a hip hop artist was, you know, it wasn't overnight. I mean, I, I have my own backstory, you know, growing up in East Vancouver, yeah. uh, my dad being a heroin addict for about 27 years and, you know, living in, in poverty, right? And so with hip hop music, I can relate with it. So I listened, mm. you know, growing up, I discovered like Tupac and, you know, KRS-One and really discovered like the roots of it. And then having the opportunity to work with uh, DMC of the, you know, the legendary Run DMC mm-hmm. to, to Chino XL and, I have a single coming out with uh, RBX. He used to be part of uh, Death Row Records and mm-hmm. uh, was part of Dr. Dre's Aftermath Records, right? So to, to be able to uh, uh, showcase uh, Indigenous hip-hop on, a, on another level internationally is huge because uh, hip-hop music's been around for for years, right? Mm-hmm. And to, to, to be able to to showcase the art from graffiti to, to the culture, to even preserving our Indigenous language, I mean... There's artists like as like Hyper T and you know other indigenous artists that can even rap in their language. So hip hop music is such a great tool to not only you know uh, live by positively, but to also tell our story. Mm. So mm. now uh, some of the things that of course hip hop artists uh, speak to or speak about in their music uh, has a wide range of things. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. uh, colonial, colonial colonialization. Uh, residential schools, the 60s scoop, missing and murdered, as you just mentioned, indigenous women and girls. Yes, 
epidemic uh, suicide, uh, indig uh, indigenous youth, and intergenerational trauma, another big one in indigenous communities and people. Uh, language loss, that's a, that's a huge one uh, for, mm -hmm. for everybody. And, of course, stereotypes, um, you know. Um, and, and, you know, it's great that it goes beyond that because you're talking about education and you're talking about awareness and, and you get stuff like the Indian Act and, and other points of legislation that, that address or uh, that uh, control Indigenous people in that regard, I guess. And, um, yeah, and always the environment is there. Now, taking all of those things... Uh, and you, you kind of addressed this earlier as well. But if you strip this stuff right down, you know, what's great about it is that, you know, you point out this. When you go back to even the DJ or you, you take it back even further, the drum, whether it's the big drum or the hand drum, and dance, and vocalization, which could be, you know, just rapping, that's all you really uh -huh. need, right? That's all you need. And, and you got it. Uh, you know, the rest of it is, is filling it out. And, and that is our oral tradition. Yes. You know, that, that's the basics. That's the oral tradition about, and that's what I think uh, perhaps makes it wonderful for, uh, for getting Indigenous uh, youth uh, gravitating to this. Because it, it just all operates and, and works so well with that, that whole point of, <clears throat> as, as, this, uh, as technology has done for us as well, it's allowed us to get away from text and become more uh, oral tradition based which is what yes. music is doing yes 100 <laughs> percent. yeah you, you hit the yeah i mean because i even do like workshops on it right like mm. I, i'm a facilitator uh motivational speaker and such and you know to be able to share my story you know mm. talking about how i grew up and you know the importance of knowing who you are and learning what the stories of the land where you came from i mean man it's it's it's, it's important and for me to be able to uh work with like run dmc or mm. rbx or chino xl or even chuck and to you know take uh, you know the stereotype oh he's a gangster rapper and oh he raps with this and to mm -hmm. have him on a song where i'm actually talking about you know freeing leonard peltier mm. and how you know how there's no representation of indigenous youth in 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 foster care let alone mm. in jail right mm. and so it's, it's it's storytelling like you said oral tradition it's culture it's it's uh using the four elements of hip-hop to bring out the elements of, of indigenous color our, our culture right so yeah it's it's, it's amazing I'm, I'm real passionate about it actually <laughs> uh, okay i'm going to want to let everybody know you're listening to moment of truth on element fm in toronto and ottawa and anywhere uh, uh, across the country if you download the radio player canada app and type in 106.5 elmntfm or 95.7 elmntfm and then just uh, listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day seven days a week and uh, it's it's great that we have uh, we we have with us here on the show Paul Caspin. He he's here to to talk about the Indigenous Hip Hop Awards, which he is the founder of, and it was supposed to go this year, and then COVID nineteen hit, and it's been uh, pushed back a year now. But uh, hopefully, that's going to be even bigger and better, uh, and it's going to be coming up on May twenty third, twenty twenty one, and it's going to be May twenty second, actually, in May twenty third, uh, in Winnipeg, and. Um, it looks pretty good. They've got uh, a lot of great artists already lined up, and tickets uh, are on sale um, at the uh, at Indigenous Hip Hop Awards dot com. And, and and not only that, but um, there is some music now. Uh, mixtape one, uh, Paul Cass. Uh, tell yeah. us about tell us about that. This is this is uh, available. Is it is it not? 
yes, it's available on on all digital music platforms whether mm-hmm. you do youtube or if you do spotify and give it a listen i mean we got some amazing artists on there from uh miss miss shells from uh, vancouver bc mm-hmm. uh, we got uh, mike bones on there we mike bone is on there dj uh, lethal he's on there oh, sorry not dj but mc lethal i mean there's tons of artists i mean mm-hmm. uh, bugging malone from the states we got some right. states artists uh, Rex Smallboy, formerly of uh, the, the the group War Party, you know, mm-hmm. I'm on there. I mean, it's it's an amazing uh, mixtape, and uh, give it a chance, give it a listen, and then you'll hear you'll hear the the storytelling at at its finest. I mean, and uh, yeah, don't be scared to give it a listen. Yeah, cool. And uh, listen for yourself. How long you've been doing this now? <laughs> oh man, I've been doing it since I was seventeen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And been involved in hip hop in general since I was in grade four. So, mm. yeah, I've been doing it for a while—twenty 20 years, twenty plus years in hip hop. You know, you know the other nice thing, and you mentioned this uh, about yourself as well, which I think is is pretty cool. And and that is that not only are you a hip hop artist and and award winning artist, by the way, uh, but also you mentioned that you are a motivational speaker and facilitator. Yes. And uh, and of course now you're you're somewhat of a promoter because you started this <laughs> this. Uh, this awards. Yeah, I, so what I think is cool about that, and I and I see a lot of indigenous artists doing this, and it, they're not just focused on themselves, you know. And even if they are in the beginning, you know, every, everybody takes some time to get develop themselves as an artist and and get themselves uh, settled that way. But at some point, it seems a lot of artists want and feel the need to one share their story, tell their story, and encourage others. Not just look at yes. themselves, but look at others. It, it becomes part of a process that is bigger than yourself and important to make sure that you're laying the, the groundwork for others to follow. Yes. The foundation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like I said, how I grew up. You know, I grew up, uh, you know, in East Vancouver. Uh, I don't know if I can share my story. Is that all right? If I share a little bit? Sure. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in East Vancouver. Uh, my dad was a heroin addict, like I said before, for about 27 years. Uh, he beat me up, broomsticks, extension cords, bare fists. We had no food because everything uh, he made went into his veins, right? And mm. so, you know, eventually I went into foster care. Uh, you know, he eventually uh, became clean and sober, um, was 14 years uh, clean and sober when uh he he passed away june 28th about 10 years ago Mm. so i felt for me it was important to not only share my story but also talk about you know growing up in foster care and how how i overcame that and you Mm. know to talk to the youth about you know no matter where you come from your story is important and your story can save somebody's life and Mm. you know to use hip-hop music as that tool as well as the speaking and to teach the kids how to rap, but also the, to give them like personal development and, you know, skills where they could use in high school and college and just in life. And also tell them again, you know, learn about the stories of where you come from or even the land around you and your medicines and language. And no one could take that away from you. So that's, that's my goal. And to mm-hmm. see not only myself, but other people do that too. I mean, that's, it's amazing. 
All right. We appreciate you sharing that. And now, uh, miigwech for, for doing so and for uh, reaching out and, and in trying to encourage others to do the same so that the, the message, messages can get out there and we can heal, uh, which yes. is vitally important. Uh, parts of what you were saying there echo my own upbringing uh, and uh, my own family uh, situation when I was growing up as well. So, uh, yeah, mm. very familiar. Um, we're we're going to wrap this up, but I just want to uh, to ask if there's anything else you can think of that that you feel we haven't touched on that is important to mention. I uh, no, just go to the indigenoushiphopawards.com. Uh, make sure if you have music, submit your music. Check out the mixtape volume one. And if I could give any piece of advice as an artist to aspiring artists or up and coming artists, is be yourself and talk about your story. All right. I can't think of a better way to end that and let people uh, soak that in and let it sink in on people. Yes. Paul, it's been great uh, having you on the show. We really, uh, we really appreciate you doing this. Congratulations on founding uh, the uh, Indigenous uh, Hip Hop Awards uh, and, and also the upcoming event that will be held next year uh, in, uh, on May 22nd and 23rd in Winnipeg, which is going to be yes. the Indigenous Music uh, Hip Hop Awards. And it sounds like it's going to be a, a pretty cool and fun event uh, in many ways uh, over the two days. So, uh, yeah, all the best to you as well as, uh, as to this event you've got planned coming up. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. You bet. That is uh, Paul Casp, and he is the founder of the Indigenous Hip Hop Awards. And there's a music to go along with that, music, a mixtape volume one. You can check that out, as Paul said, on, uh, on all, the, uh, all the music platforms that uh, are available uh, worldwide, by the way. That's available worldwide. Uh, pretty cool stuff. So check it out. And then make sure you go to their website for the Indigenous Music uh, Hip Hop Awards.com uh, to, to find out more about attending that concert coming up next year. That's the show for today. We want to thank Paul once again for uh, uh, joining us. And we want to thank you, our listeners, for doing the same. And we'll catch you next time right here on Element FM and Moment of Truth. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element, Element, Element FM.